What's up, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. This is episode 46, and the episode starts. Let's get them ready, Rob. Let's get right. Episode starts right now. This is episode 46. This is Sports Debate Tuesday along with Rob. Keep it McLean McLean. I am Jason DeBeas. And for old school's sake, I gotta say I got to give the people. Give the people what they want. What's good, bro? What's happening, my man? All right, cool. Let's get cracking. We got a lot to talk about. We got, yo, Jalen Hurts put on the show against against the team that nobody wanted him to start. Like, all of the experts are like, why are you going to do this to Hurts? You're going to traumatize him forever. Oh, my God, it's the Saints. Oh, don't do that to him. He's supposed to be a rookie. He's supposed to be your future. Don't do it. All right, so we're going to talk about Hurts and the Eagles beating the Saints. We're going to talk about, is there a team out there living and breathing that could stop the Kansas City Chiefs? UFC, big, big event. Once again, did not disappoint and for the first time in a long time everybody's paying attention to the 125 pound division plus rob keeping mclean mclean is going to tell everybody who's a problem in the ufc as far as fights that stuck out you got a problem but first hey 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 hey, hey. <laughs> let's go buffalo let's go buffalo the buffalo bills on sunday defeated Pittsburgh Steelers. The 11 and 1 Pittsburgh Steelers now the 11 and 2 Pittsburgh Steelers. Pretty good game, above average game by by pretty much everyone in Buffalo particularly the secondary. They were really really good. Josh Norman's back. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers had Juju Smith-Schuster, Claypool's a problem. All of these guys are pretty good. Connor was back from 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 um a covid protocol and Pittsburgh Started out really, really strong and then finished flat, which was what, and the, if you watch the Buffalo games like I do, Buffalo's the one that starts strong and finishes flat, but but it was kind of the other way. So, Rob, my question to you, Pittsburgh lost to the Washington football team last week. They lost to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. What happened? What happened to Pittsburgh this weekend? Yeah, okay. Well, just I'll even say for the last week, you know, against Washington, really hard to game plan for Alex Smith when you never haven't seen him for two years. You know, that's one thing. Uh, this week, uh, I think it's just great defenses played against each other, right? I think uh, both offenses are really, really solid, but they're not the the calling card of their team, you know? Buffalo, their calling card even more. And I saw that this week, and I, I have to give a shout-out to their defense because Everybody talks about their offense, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, putting in 130 yards, like, wow. Uh, you know, the good, solid running game. But their defense is just stud. Their secondary is just stud. And, like, for me, all I saw was great defensive teams with a couple things happening on either side. And then Josh Allen was just – he just played really, really solid ball. Like, really solid so ball. So impressive. You know, the only really interception, you know, a tip, I feel like that's happening every single team this year. Every single quarterback has been a couple tipped interceptions. So I don't put anything on him on that. But, uh, yeah, it's just really good football, a really good defensively played game. And I think it showed that the Bills are in prime position to beat even the Steelers. I think they're perfect matchup against the Steelers. Uh, and I think that would happen eight out of ten times. All right. 
as to the question of what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers, Rob McLean, I think it's just like you said. The Buffalo Bills happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, for the last five years, you looked at Buffalo and you're like, oh, my God, they can coach defense. Their defense is stout. They're they're kind of patriots a little bit where they've been but don't break on their worst day. And they always uh, stand tall when they have to on these goal lines and these fourth and shorts and third and shorts. And it's like, oh, my God, if only they had a quarterback. If only they had a quarterback. And then we get a quarterback, and now we're winning more games than we lose, right? And then we're like, oh, man, if only we had, like, that that true number one wide out. Boom, get some money. We pay Stephon Diggs his money. Stephon Diggs comes through, man. Diggs came through big time. Ten catches, 130 yards, and a a bang, and a score off that 23-yard touchdown. And then they're like, oh, my God, if we only had a running game. And, And... Buffalo didn't look for that feature back. They looked, they had McCoy for a while, right? And he was their feature mm-hmm. back. But you notice championship teams, they usually have a one two punch. You know, if you remember the Giants teams, the Giants had three, right? They had Jacobs, yes, they had um, um, Ward. Denzel, they had um, Ward and they had. Uh, yeah, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Gosh, Ahmad to, Bradshaw. Yes, Earth, Wind, came and in Fire. In the fourth quarter. But hey, Killing. but good enough to get to the two Super Bowls, good enough to beat the uh, what we what we know was the best team, one of the best teams ever assembled in that first Patriots team. I mean, they had the, talk about complete package with equipped with a good coach. So the Buffalo Bills happened. Um, Mike Tomlin knows the Buffalo Bills really well, but Sean McDermott knows uh, Mike Tomlin very well. They were college teammates. A lot of people don't know at William and Mary. And there's something about two coaches that know each other that watch a, a ton of videotape that made this game, Rob, interesting from the first play all the way to the last. There was no feeling out process. They they went after each other. The defense took chances. They went after, and, and it was this great game to watch from from the first quarter to the last. Now, you can tell by the hat. I might not be completely objective about this. All right, so I might disqualify myself. But to answer to answer that question, the Buffalo Bills happened. All right. Pittsburgh, I think we both can concede overachieved starting 11 and 0. Do you agree? So you knew, you knew the L's were going to come, particularly the good teams. I didn't expect it from Washington because I didn't even think Smith played a great game. I just thought their defense took over. Exactly. Reinvigorated, you know, and yeah. And somebody they won else again. Did didn't they win again? And, and showed you. Well, I just think, you know, somebody else did that this week. Even Tua Tagovailoa did that three weeks ago, you know, and just. Even though their team wasn't playing bad, they just galvanized the team. You know, the, the defense is saying, finally, my quarterback's playing good. I can probably I can play defense and it matters. You know, it, it, it changes a lot. It really does change yeah. a lot. And sometimes it's about personnel, man. We we totally. um actually let's um we're gonna jump to Kansas City because Miami played Kansas City, so we'll we'll do that second yeah. instead of third. They it's, I know it's about personnel and people having the ability to do it, but I think they laid a a blueprint how you can at least slow Kansas City down. Their defense oh, yeah. was, oh my God, they, they Dude. Miami's defense balled out. I, I know, listen, Their they gave up 30 straight running points. running defense but, is yes. ridiculous. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Man, so uh, that, oh, let's, let's, let's shut the door on um, Buffalo yeah. and we'll, and we'll segue into Kansas City. So the second question is, Kansas City, after trailing 10-0, scored 30 straight points, of, eventually um, held on to win um, at the end, I believe, 33-27. And... Mm-hmm. 
I was really, to me, it was more of, I mean, we're talking about the Kansas City's Chiefs now, but in this instance, it was more about Miami's resiliency to not lay down and die just because, just because, just because the Chiefs happened, <laughs> right? You remember last Absolutely. year in the playoffs, they were down 24-0, on, and then in a quarter, they answered that question, and, and like a quarter. Absolutely. So um, the question, Rob, is can anyone stop the Kansas City Chiefs? And their uh, path no. to the Super Bowl. Uh, for me, uh, when we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs, no. I think the only thing that's going to stop them is themselves. You know, with Chris Jones, oh, my goodness, just taking on anybody and everybody and getting to the quarterback. And then you have whoever the heck's behind him, which is everybody. You have one just one of the most explosive offenses I, I really have ever seen. And it's still a young quarterback with a young crew of wide receivers. So the, the ceiling is still incredibly high. Um, so when we're talking about longevity, no, I don't think anybody's really going to come and take anything from, from Kansas city, unless they give that to them. But I have to give a shout out to the, to the dolphins because yet again, and if you could just watch all their games, they play such good, hard fought football. And my most important thing is defense comes first. Their defense looked unbelievable and the Chiefs still put up 33 points. Their run defense was crazy. I mean, other than the fact that, you know, they could have gotten a couple, they could have secured a couple more tackles. They were three around the ball every time. I mean, Xavier Howard with a one hand over the head interception, like that's ridiculous. So, I mean, on all levels, they played unbelievable. And, and for me, Christian Wilkins, you know, one of their best players in the line, he wasn't even one of the best guys on their line that day. So, you know, this defense has a ton of potential, and that's only going to give the ball more to Tua Tagovailoa. And he looked fantastic. I love what he's almost going to start changing the game in the fact that he's running plays and he's getting the ball out of his hands so fast. There's not even, you don't even need to rush. You don't even need to rush. He's literally two to three seconds after a, a you know, a replay option, he's getting rid of the ball. Like, you got to wait for the play option. You got to wait for the run and you got to wait for the pass. And then he's getting the ball out within three to five seconds. Mm. I mean, that's just uh, like elite, very, very elite. And then it's coming out from the left hand. So I just, it's almost like defense is just leaving the left side of the field open because he, he, he has nothing coming in on, on the right side of the of defensive line. Um, man, it, it's pretty crazy to see that, you know, he, he's just, he looks like a very seasoned, elite quarterback um but even still you know they put up a ton of points they they played a really tough game and kansas city just cruised on through so i really don't think i see anybody but kansas city in that super bowl game and then when it comes to the super bowl anything can happen you know but uh yeah, the NFC's yeah i got see some. kansas city yeah listen i see kansas city securing the afc and getting to the super bowl and as far as winning maybe the saints get good at the end maybe aaron Rodgers, who 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 is showing he's the real deal because all he needed was a few weapons and and a pretty decent coach um seattle you know never count them out even though they've looked flat lately Mm. the answer is no the answer is no i I remember a year ago i was watching williams break one on a score running back and like um the, the the metrics people were um uh, gauging his speed, he was running 22 miles an hour, right. and got caught up 
and up, bringing up the rear, catching up to him was not a defensive back, but his own wide receiver, Tariq Hill, caught up to him in the end zone to celebrate and probably didn't even know he was going that fast. This dude's doing 22 miles an hour and the only human being faster than him uh, besides those guys that, that run the 100-meter dash on that elite level was Tariq Hill. Teams. And that was last year when they were getting to know each other. <laughs> okay. and, and and not even saying, Williams is the third fastest guy on that team probably. You got Miko Hardman who, who's almost as fast as Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's ridiculous. They it's have a ridiculous. very good um, um, one-two punch in their running game. They have a one-two-three punch in their passing game. They have a quarterback that's mobile, um, um, and fast enough. I wouldn't think Mahomes got speed. No, I think he's got mobility, and I think he's got a good first step. He's, a, he's, he's already like a whole length of football, um, a whole human length ahead of people before they could catch mm -hmm. up. So, yeah, he's got quickness. That's what it is, twitch, reaction, yeah. quickness. And he's tall, too, yeah. man. He's tall, long. Yeah, he's, a, he's just prototypical. A quarterback mm -hmm. that looks up the field while running, too, while creating time. So Because a lot of times it looks like he's going to break one. And then, you know, the guy who's supposed Stop, to spy right. makes a twitch move. Boom, next thing you know, he's throwing. Very similar to Lamar Jackson last night. Shit, can we not talk about that? Do we, do we not go through this episode without talking about that? We can't. But um, to answer your question, no. To answer our question, no. No one's going to stop them from getting to the Super Bowl. And I actually think they're going to be repeat champions. I think Andy Reid is needs, I mean, the reason why the players respect him so much is because he, he found a way to be a disciplinarian and at the same time still treat people like men. You know, that's it's, it's it's that kind of coach. He's basically Rex Ryan that can that can coach offense and defense. <laughs> you know, he's you know, he's a two point oh. So um but no nope. well, I guess he Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just saying you could take he probably just took away Rex's mouth and put that onto the offensive side yeah. of the ball. Yeah, some, sometimes <laughs> yeah. Because nobody's going out of their way to beat the Chiefs because of Andy Reid, you know, right? Like, uh, but you coaches know like Rex, they put there. a target on their back, right? You're like, it's, oh, my God, any anybody but this team, you know? That's so interesting, though, because he's had such, very, like, gunslinger-type quarterbacks his whole, his whole, like, you know, Donovan McNabb, you know, now you got Patrick Mahomes. Even Alex Smith, he's not a gunslinger, but he, he tried to make him a gunslinger. You know, in Kansas, and I feel like that's why it didn't work out because think, he's well, just they such won 12 a games check with down, check down. Yeah, but 12 games, like, they won 12 games in the regular season. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, when it comes to the playoffs, it's just a different style. Like, but, hey, I, Rob I McLean, saying, I you I are a Alex New York Smith. Giants fan. You talking about, oh, it's just 12 wins for the regular season. You should be I'm ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, man, it's not always the 12 winners that win the Super Bowls. Listen, you're, that's please. Just check the NFC East. I think I, know, I think whoever I wins seven games is going to win. And, and the weird thing is with the Eagles with that tie – would we be even be surprised to see them with the half point because of the tie? Seven, eight, and one could make right. them NFC champs. So Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> so before we get to our main football topic, we have to talk about last night's game. The Baltimore mm. Ravens. <sighs> the Baltimore Ravens and the Cleveland Browns. And I'm exhaling because all three of us me, you, Torin Jeffries, who was our NFL Pick Six um, guest, uh, for, uh, the guest versus the host things. All three of us mm -hmm. were five and zero going into last night. I picked the Browns because I need I needed to catch up, but and and I had to swallow. I, I had to drink and spit because Baker Mayfield runs me to ruin, you know rubs me the wrong way, and you yeah, know same. there'd be no other reason. 
I would I would ever pick the Browns to beat the Ravens, especially after the Ravens lost to them a year ago and, and probably promised themselves they'd never let it happen again. Mm-hmm. And what happens, Rob? The Browns are up. I'm on my way to 6 and no. I got my little drink here. I got my little fruit in here and the vodka, you know, play with my Buffalo Bills shirt a little bit. And what does it do come out? I was listening to Buju Banton. Do you know who Buju Banton is? Reggae artist? Buju Banton is one of the, the, the top two reggae, reggae artists ever. And when I say reggae artist, I mean dancehall reggae. I don't mean mm. smoke weed. I mean one, the, going to that basement party. Go to that basement party and everybody, mm-hmm. everyone making a, mon- a monkey face the way they dance it because it's so extreme. <laughs> so so Buju Banton, I'm listening to him. And then you start. I start talking like him. So bear with me on this. And I start talking like mm. him. So they're down by one. McSorley gets hurt. And the two-minute warning comes, and I'm like, yeah, I like, yeah, them boys don't know. I said, them boys are done know, right? They're done. You know I, you know I, right? You see? So, and then Lamar Jackson come running out of the locker room. I said, look at that, look at that boy run out the room. What a boy run out the room for? Why he run out the room for? And then he comes, and then he runs. It looks like he's going to run because, right, fourth and five, you think he's just going to do the easy thing and run. And then in stride, he, hits, he throws and hits a touchdown pass. Runs right. Throws left, big no-no, touchdown. And I'm like, well, the boy come out the room like Superman. The boy come out with a cape, a cape on his back. He come back again with a cape. And I'm like, oh, man. I said, no, I can't take it no more, man. I turn, I turn off the TV. I, I, lost, I lost again, boy. I lost again. Ah, what did you think of last night? Oof. I mean, I, you know, I just, like I said, this week has been full of fantastic sporting events. And I think this is just like cherry on the top. You know, uh, I, I thought that uh, the Browns had that game in the bag, you know. Um, and, and Baltimore, honestly, I, I picked them, but they seemed like they were really flat the last couple of weeks. You know, I, I was very hesitant to choose them, especially with the Browns coming off a big victory. Um but you know what? This really doesn't surprise me. You know, uh, the Browns, they're still, you know, a team from a year ago who, you know, played terrible, you know, all around. So I, I love that they're playing good football right now. I love that the guys who are supposed to be playing good are supposed to be playing good. But it takes a whole team. And I think it shows that Baltimore has a whole team behind them as opposed to the Browns where they're starting to pick it together. They're starting to get it to go. But, you know, there's still some uh, some building left to do, you know, to keep a consistent winning uh, standard, let's say. Yeah. Um, and I think for Baltimore, it's just whether it's John Harbaugh, whether it's the, you know, environment, you know, whether it's just, you know, the culture they have there. Um, they didn't they don't need uh, Lamar Jackson to be successful, but they need Lamar Jackson to win. Right. Mm-hmm. So. I just think that clearly. it just showed. <laughs> clearly. Yeah, it just showed that. I mean, even McSorley kind of looked decent, you know? Like, he looked like he was solid, you know, until he got hurt. But And then, you know, Lamar had to come out and do his thing. But I think it just shows that whether it's the defense, whether it's the wide receivers, the running backs, the, the, the O-line, the D-line, you know, everybody's got their mindset on the right goals. Um, yeah. 
The Ravens. And I think that's a, that's said for for you know it's really big for uh, an elite team. Yes. You know? Listen, the reason why it's worth talking about is because this is as close to a complete team as I've ever seen Cleveland. You got Miles Garrett leading the defense. You got a, a one-two punch on the running backs of Kareem Hump, uh, Kareem Hunt, and uh, Nick Chubb, uh, um, Odell Beckham Jr. You know, less no touches for him, more touches for Landry. You know, um, Higgins came through. So you got a lot of these guys coming through. Baker Mayfield. As much as I don't like him, if he, I don't think if he if he play if he doesn't play with that chip on his shoulder with that edge I don't think he's as good as he is so I mean the man's I mean I can't be mad at him he's, he's got to do what he's got to do I mean when Lamar Jackson scored with 152 left you thought it was a wrap Baker was like no it's not he scored too hmm. his only problem was he left 101 left on the scoreboard for Jackson so we have ourselves in a, a real conference rival from the team that used to be called the Cleveland Browns who are now the Baltimore hmm. Ravens to the, the the Browns being reinvigorated but nine and four uh, Ravens are eight and five. Ravens were actually the number eight seed in, in a seven seat, uh, seven team playoff picture. So you knew they had to get going. You just mm-hmm. do. You knew they had to get going. So big up Lamar Jackson. By the way, nine rushing touchdowns total for the first time that for the first time um, since two thousand four. So big up to them on that one. And Jeez. yeah, Baker Mayfield did really well. Um, last topic for football before we go to our NFL pick six. Ah, maybe we're maybe we're just beasts from the east because here we go again. We want to talk about the NFC. We want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts in his rookie debut has a start. Like got his start against one of the most vaunted defenses. Um, this certainly this season, but v- looked very much like the Saints of old when they were head hunting and bounty getting people. Mm-hmm. Ends up pulling it out, you know. Got a, got a few good plays, hung on to win 24-21. I think um, the Saints got one at the end, you know, from 20, 24-14 and then uh, failed at an onside kick. But um, your thoughts on, on Jalen Hurts and the question, the topic question, Rob, is do you start him for the rest of the season? So uh love the game last night. Again, I hate watching a professional team and, you know, they just don't come out to play, you know, and I'm not saying that has been Philadelphia for the last couple of weeks, but uh, it seems like when Carson Wentz starts doing his Carson Wentz thing, you know, the team just loses a lot of hope and it becomes difficult. <laughs> like if you're in a sporting event and you have two sides to the ball and one side's just not showing up, why would the other side want to, you know, take yeah. on that brunt? And I get why they should, but why, why would they want to? You know, um, so, yeah, when, when I look at that team um, and, and what happened this week, uh, it is absolutely 1000 percent sure that Jalen Hurts should be starting. Um, and it has Jalen Hurts could have had half the points and half the yardage that he had uh, if they you know, if they even lost by seven points and they played football the way they just played football, Jalen Hurts should be the starting quarterback of that team. And I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is a worse quarterback or has doesn't have it anymore or, you know, can't do it. Um, and, and I'm not saying he should change scenery, you know, but as an organization, you need to start thinking about what's the most important thing. Is it more important that Doug Peterson made it to one Super Bowl and won it with a whole different team and he's your guy? Or are you going to stick with your franchise quarterback who you spend all that draft capital on and win Super Bowls in the future. Because I think in the short term, Jalen Hurts absolutely is the starter, and he absolutely should play the rest of the season out. 
because whatever Carson Wentz was doing was not football and it was not professional football and it was not starting quarterback professional football. But at the end of the day, the ceiling for Carson Wentz is thousand times higher than Jalen, Jalen Hurts. And I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts isn't going to be that guy. He could be that guy for uh, types of teams, but he needs to have somebody that believes in him, somebody that's going to build around him, and he will absolutely be successful. I was astounded last night by all of the good stuff that I saw from him. So what I, what I really would love to see is, you know, a clear, concise decision on what's going to happen with Carson Wentz. Either if they sit him this year, they better start looking for trades. If they don't sit him this year, they better start looking for Jalen Hurts to get moved somewhere because he is a valuable commodity. So it's just going to be really interesting. But I have to say at the end of all this is the Eagles looked like a totally different team last night. And like I said, win or lose, that's how you want a football team playing. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, All right. and especially in a place like Philadelphia, where they're just, they're just looking for people with heart. Listen, Car- Philly's not booing Carson Wentz, which is rare because they booed Donovan McNabb at the draft before he even before he could even throw a pass. So for me, I say yes. You got to go with Hurts for the rest of the season because projectively, you don't see Carson Wentz beating the um, the um, the next few games. I'm actually going to pull up their schedule in a minute. But you don't see Carson Wentz winning they have to, with three games left you i don't you don't really see him winning two out of the three and you do see jalen hurts um up with a possible chance of winning two out of the three you didn't see carson wentz beating the saints you, um and you didn't even see jalen hurts beating the saints which is an incredible game for him i mean he, he did ball out it's the first time the eagles have allowed a hundred yard rusher in 55 games right. the eagles have not allowed a, i mean the, the saints have not allowed a hundred yard rusher in 55 games and and sunday night Two of them did. I mean, 108 by a quarterback? Yes. That's... Yeah, 100, 106, yep, off of 5.9 yards of carry. Um, Miles Sanders chipped in another 115. So the Saints ended up giving up two 100-yard rushers when they haven't given up 100-yard rusher in, 50, in 55 games, Rob. So you got to go with Hurts for two reasons. One, you draft him the second round. I, I said last week he was the first round. I was mistaken. He's, he's the second round. But if you draft him the second round, and when you could have, when there were other available options to build your defense and and maybe strengthen your um, linebacking core, you chose this guy. You need to see if he's your guy. At some point, Rob, you need to see if he's your guy. Right. The second reason is they owe it to Jalen Hurts since he's won. He delivered on the Saints thing. They owe it to Jalen Hurts to, to be able to market himself in case they, they stay with Wentz and don't keep him. So it's a win-win situation for the Eagles, right? Like if, if they lose, at least they know he's not that guy and at least Hurts had a chance to market themselves, market himself. If he wins and, and if they have a quarterback controversy, which you're not going to have until the end of the season, you're not going to have a quarterback controversy with the Eagles unless they make the playoffs. If he doesn't, it's not a quarterback controversy. They're staying with Wentz. That's my my um pro, uh, uh, projection. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, I'm with you on this debate show. Um, yeah, start hurts the rest of the season. I think I think they they play Washington one of their last games too, so they can they can they can easily take the division title in light of the fact Washington's in first, and I think the Giants are in second and. 
Oh, the Giants and Washington are in third, and the Cowboys bringing up the rear. <clears throat> as always, as they should be. Ah, that's where they, they belong. Be. I yeah. mean, don't put all your money into wide receivers. That's just ridiculous. Mm-mm. Oh, man. Well, listen, guys, that shuts the door on, on NFL for a bit, at least for now, until until a quick question. But for now, we're going to the UFC. UFC 256, Davis and Figueredo. Figueredo, sorry. Um, beat um actually didn't beat Moreno <laughs> beat him up for a little bit but Moreno held in um very good technical boxing by Brenda Moreno um and well, they technically battled... he won yes well, they battled to a draw well and... it was a draw but it was I believe it I believe he was a it was a, like a weird name of it but I believe he mm-hmm. won by one point but it ended up it was a draw but he won because he was still the champion well, it was a majority since, draw, and Figueredo won because he's a champ. One judge, right. one judge gave him forty-eight, forty-six, mm. um, and the other two judges went forty-seven, forty-seven. Which, um, but the question is for this: who really won that match? And I'd like to go first on this. Rob yeah. McLean, I, th- I believe neither of them won that match, and I believe both of them won that match. Um, I believe it was a draw. I believe them taking a point away from Davidson Figueredo was righteous. You know, he already he already um, poked him in the eye and he got warned. And then, and then that shot square to the to the nutsack was just it was, was something. Bad. But you could I'm, tell he held back a little bit, but he definitely <sighs> hit him square. Imagine if he didn't. But oh, man. I thought it was the right decision. You take a point. That's a nine nine round because I thought Figueredo um, won that third round. I gave one and five to Figueredo. I gave two and four to Moreno. And I thought the third one, Figueredo would have won, but the nut shot took a point. It was justified, and um, and that'll be a uh, that's going to be on one of our quick questions. I'm going to write later about about fouls and how we feel about that stuff. Mm-hmm. So both of them lost because the fans really want a winner, but both of them won because you know they're going to run this back. Yes. And you know there's going to be more fan participation and then there's going to be more purchases on the pay-per-view. And now at the lowest weight class, which are not really main event worthy or pay-per-view worthy things, it has become pay-per-view, pay-per-view worthy, man. You got a Mexican with a lot of heart that refuses to go away. You got a Brazilian with a chin that you could drop a truck on him and he could just keep taking these shots and just keep going forward, just walking you down. How many times do you see flyweights walking people down like that how many how many times you see flyweights that have one punch knockout power i mean if you watched him uh, fight benavidez and some other people the dude is dangerous and he took Mm -hmm. the fight 21 days after he he defended his previous title uh, match one one by guillotine no damage told dana i want to fight again so rob who won this fight well um so uh, you know, every, you know the whole fight happened, and you know he got a point taken away. I have to agree. I think it was the right decision for the judges uh, to to call it a draw. Um, but I still, you know, if we're just talking about straight up, you know, I'm gonna fight you. No, no scorecards. Who won that fight? I mean, I I would put it to Figueroa, Figueroa. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I'm absolutely impressed, and uh, you know kind of floored by how Moreno fought. Um, and I just think that Davison didn't really not take him serious, but he didn't put him at the level of where Moreno really is. And uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody really knows what, uh, what that fight really is until you step in front of them. But man, that, that kid, 
uh, I don't know, maybe he moved down to like a weight class, you know, so he got a stronger chin, but he was taking shots everywhere. And it wasn't even like he wasn't, he was taking them and, and rolling with them. He wasn't even flinching, yeah. you know, like he was just like, it hit him and then he, he was swinging. So man, I want, I want these people drug tested. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> Just but, take uh, someone's best shot and you just smile, just and just walk, walk it down. Like, my God, my oh, but, you know. And, and this is why it doesn't make a lot of sense for me. I feel like the UFC should have pushed flyweight a lot earlier um, because those guys can take a lot of shots. And, and and when you're when you're a fan watching, and this sounds terrible, but you want to see people hit each other. You know, you want to see things land, and you want to see amazing skills and like crazy things happen. Yeah. And, you know, not trying to take it too back for the past, but Demetrius Johnson was the most exciting fighter in the UFC bar none. I'm Poorly sorry. That was in the time him. of Anderson Silva. Yes. That was in the time of, like, Chael Sonnen. You know, really? GSP. That was in the time of John Jones, you know, yeah. of his prime. GSP, like, in the beginning of the end of GSP's uh, run. I mean, this guy is and – he, and he did want some of the most amazing things right before he got ousted, let's say, in the UFC. So – um, I, I like, just I like that word ousted. I like the word ousted because how that went down. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, I think that figure uh, Figueroa probably. Uh, I see that I see him winning that fight. Um, but I, I I agree with the draw as it was scored. Um, and when it comes down to the rematch, I think it'll be a, a, a much bigger difference this time. I think figured it'll uh, be more prepared. Yeah. Way, way more prepared and way more aggressive at the right times. I thought he was, uh, like we were talking before a lot. It was just so too relaxed, you know, almost. You, and, and this is almost a problem I have with Tony Ferguson is like, he's not in the moment. It feels like I was so sad. Know? dude. And yeah. he's just, he's so, He's so smart. He's so he can be so many places with his mind, but he's not here, you yeah. know. And that's where I felt like Davis and Figueroa was. He was, he could. He's thinking about his next fight. He wants to fight Triple C. He wants to. Oh, this guy. I'm just gonna, you know, beat him real quick and then move on to my next opponent. Nah, man. And that's that's where you get mistakes in the UFC. Johnny Walk happened to Johnny Walker. I mean, it happens to all these guys, man. Like, you cannot take anybody for granted. And what I saw there was Figueroa. Figueroa got away Figured, yeah. with taking somebody for advantage. So uh, I just, you know, that's how I see it. And I love to see that next fight. I want to see the rematch too, man. I, I, I mean, there were some submissions too. I was pretty sure neither, you know, neither of them were going to escape from. I saw some, some hard shots. I thought neither of them were going to survive. You know, I've seen some beatdowns. I thought neither of them were going to get up from. And it was just, it was, it's my fight of the year candidate. And, and again, once again, I'm a prisoner of the moment, but I can't th- maybe come back at me next week and ask me the same question because there's a lot of people yeah. that agree yeah. with you on that one. And there's also a that lot of good fights coming fight. up this week too, man. Stephen Thompson's always always impresses me. But um yeah. yeah, felt bad for Tony a little bit. Tony escaped a nasty armbar, I think, a submission. I thought yeah, was, that was crazy. Yeah. And that was the first round too. So that's yes. like but just the the energy was yeah. I never thought I'd see Oliveira go up a weight class and literally lift people off their feet and throw them around. I never Crazy. saw him. I never perceived him as like the strong fighter. 
You, you know, when you think of strong fighters, you think of those Division One wrestlers, like those elite guys like um, Kamara Usman or Kobe Covington, you know, Tyron Woodley when he was doing his thing, you know, he, he, had, he had some pretty good slams. Or uh, Rampage Jackson. <laughs> Strange, all, mm -hmm. all African-American. What the hell's wrong with me? Uh, uh, this Maggie guy, Houston. Gray Maynard, he yes. had uh, what Frankie the Edgar. He yeah. knocked himself out trying to throw somebody on the ground. You, you got to remember Emerson, that. yes. Oh, Emerson, man, he threw, he DDT'd himself a little bit on on the on the slam. <laughs> they both got knocked out from that. <laughs> it's, not it funny. it's not funny. It's not funny. So Rob, um, what match two fifty six stuck out for you the most? Which one? What do you want to talk about? Ooh, the starching of all starching. I have never seen a grown man get knocked <clears throat> out on his knees. In a legitimate professional fight, that's one. But even in a street fight, you know what I mean? Uh, and, and on top of that, he wasn't even knocked down by getting baptized. He was sitting he was on his butt. He was on top of the guy. <clears throat> he, was, he was Yeah, on top he had of the bottom guy. position. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, for those of you guys listening, we're talking about Kevin Holland against <laughs> Jacare Souza. And when we say Jacare... We mean a guy, you, 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 he, just he can take a at shot. The he dude, was fighting at uh, uh, light heavyweight, middle, yeah. light middleweight. Light heavyweight, yeah. I mean, uh, light heavyweight, yeah. Yep. That's insanity. And he just came down. I mean, it's crazy that he's even able to fluctuate that much, you know, so I got to give him that. And I have to say, Souza has been on, you know, not the best, you know, fight streak in the last couple of fights. And he's fought a lot of tough guys and he's, yeah. he's, he's got hurt a lot in the tough ways. But the way that he just lost, was not his fault yeah. like he was doing everything right he wasn't getting hit while he was on his feet had top you know? position yeah um, and you know he's a good grappler his jiu-jitsu yeah, if you ever well. watch the bj the brazilian jiu-jitsu tournaments he he is yeah. he's an absolute savage and he's you're right he's on the three fight losing streak after kevin holland um mm -hmm. his last win was light heavyweight he fought chris weidman at light heavyweight i think yeah and weidman has had his issues as yeah. well so but listen you know, even but consider this jack hermanson is a savage. There's no shame in losing to him. Jan no. Blakovich. No, he's absolutely. a champ. He's a champ right now. But yeah. but so those losses I saw coming. Yeah. But Kevin Holland? <laughs> well, a sit on your butt? A sit on your butt KO? He, he did yeah, it sitting crazy. on his behind. <laughs> that's crazy. But I think it's just, you know, a horrible matchup for Jacare. I think it was just a, a matchup to see what Kevin Holland uh, weaknesses could be. And, uh, once he understood, once Kevin Holland, uh, once once like the the fight was understood that Kevin Holland's not a slouch on his on his back, you know, and I don't think anybody would should even think that, but if they thought that, they found out real fast. Uh, and then you know, on his feet, he is just a savage man. Like the way he hits somebody is not the way that people want to get hit. I don't even care if you know it's it's a it's a half swing. He is connecting and hurting people. And he's a thin, lanky frame. Man, he is scary. Dude's a um, problem. And just the way that he put out Jacare Souza, I didn't think Jacare thought he could have been put out like that. I mean, he hit him with one shot on his back and mm. starched him to the point where he could have he just walked up and then started hitting him from the standing position down to the floor. Yeah. That's just insane. Like bent him backwards over his knees. That's my fight of the week. Yep. Um, All the way from the contender Kevin series Holland. too. Kevin Holland, man, that guy yeah. is gonna be something. He's a problem. Gonna be dude. something special. But all the all the way from the um, all the way from the, excuse me, the uh, Dana Dana White's contender series. Mm -hmm. So, 
I say good for him because he was like the big mouth. He won his fight in the contender series. And Dana's like, no, I got to, if I sign him, I got to listen to this guy's mouth every day. Nope. And then like 10 days before a fight, he was looking for someone. So he, so he dipped into his, his tree, his apple tree, you know, to look for a fighter. And no one from the contender series said yes. And he's like, let's call big mouth and see if he wants any. And they called him. They called him up, and of course, he he puts he the guy puts his money where his mouth was, and he fought Brand. I think he fought Brandon Allen. No, 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 no. Who did he fight? He fought Tiago Santos. That's why no one wanted to take that fight. That's why <laughs> no one wanted to take that fight. That's why. But um, lost unanimous decision. But Dana's like, you know what? I like people to pick up the phone and say yes. And since then, he's he's won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's been eight and one. He lost to uh. uh a rear naked choke to Brandon Allen, but look at this this lineup. Joaquin Buckley, remember the guy with the spinning kick, which we call knockout of the year. He um KO'd him. Anthony Hernandez, big crap talking. You know um welterweight that moved up, knocked him out. On Tiveros, these that's these these are tough competitors. And Jacare, of course, even long at the tooth, you ain't trying to mess with him. So big up to him. My big up, my match of interest was Cub Swanson because I wanted to see if Cub still had it. Um, if you look at Cub's lineup, Cub is twenty right now is twenty seven wins, eleven losses, and to some people like that's a good record. Oh, it's not a great record where he only lost three or whatever. But a lot of those people that only lost two or three losses, uh, two or three, um, two three or zero losses are the the goats, or they pad this or, or they're stat padders. Okay, you look at Cub Swanson's lineup, man. Crone Gracie, Artem Lobov. I mean. Um, I didn't mean to mention him. Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar twice, Jeremy Stevens, Dustin Poirier, Charles Oliveira, who he beat by by knockout. Um, George Roop, Ross Pearson, the uh, Ricardo Lamas. So big up to him because I seen him wear out people, but you never really saw him start someone with one punch, and it was really good. Mm. It was a good feeling for him to know that if he if you hit someone in the right spot hard enough. Got him. So that's so. Cub Swanson was my match of interest in, the, in that um pay per view. What uh what happened to the fighter? And his, did, did the other guy get like injured at all? It seemed Daniel like he Pineda? was kind of Pineda. Daniel P- yeah Pineda. Nah, nah. It seemed like he was uh injured like walking around when I when I watched the fight. But um, I think you think yeah, maybe, maybe he got checked got on a kick. Sometimes you, you you get checked on the kick and yeah and you just yes yeah. maybe that was yeah, I'm gonna, we'll but yeah it definitely seemed like he was he was not walking right for the, for the people listening at home that's on the prelims man you could just you could just watch that again for free yes yeah ESPN's <laughs> very good at airing that and they're actually really good at airing pay per views like a month later too so big up to ESPN and UFC and this and that and my first my, my last question before we leave MMA do, can does Figueredo or Moreno beat Demetrius Johnson. You want, you want this one first? Hell, yeah, the answer is yes. I'll do. I'll go first, and my answer is hell no. He doesn't. Hell no, he doesn't. Take everything Figueredo does. The only thing Figueredo does is he has more uh, uh, heavier hands than Demetrius. But Demetrius Johnson is a precision striker, which is just as important as a power hitter. He hits you in the right spot. It's equivalent to being getting hit by a power. Take Figueredo's grappling game. Take his wrestling game. Take his in and his slips, his in and out striking, and his kicks. Magnify it by one and a half times. I give you Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, who starched. Benavides as well, who starched freaking Cejudo with a body kick. Okay, Cejudo mm-hmm. won the rematch on a split decision, which I thought was BS. But the problem was the UFC did such a bad job marketing him, they were willing to trade. It was the first trade in mixed martial arts. They traded him for um, 
Seven second Askren. <laughs> Seven second Askren. Ben Askren. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we drafted a lemon. <laughs> but no, but Askren got his Askren kicked because if you look at the three fighters he went against, right? Damian Maya, you're a wrestler going against a guy with eight tentacles. That's not right. Um, Masvidal already previously knocked out Till, so you knew, you know, oof. And then Robbie Lawler, which is a fight I thought Lawler probably won, but Herb Dean let him fight on. And and then he he wasn't out, right? I think Askren won because Dean thought Herb or Robbie Lawler was out, right? He wasn't out. Yeah. It was like a bulldog like choke. He didn't, he didn't put out Askren, but Askren put him out with like a freaking choke. Yeah, you know? so. It's so, just crazy. All right, question. Go ahead. Does Figueredo or Moreno beat, beat Demetrius Johnson? Beat? Absolutely not. Uh, do do does Figueroa deserve to fight against Demetrius Johnson? I would say yes. You know, Ooh. I definitely would love to see that fight. And uh, yeah, I, I I would just have to agree with you on Figueroa's uh, physical attributes are you know off the charts for that for that division. Um, so I honestly think that he and, and Triple C would be a better a better fight. But uh, yeah, I mean, no one's beaten DJ. I, I would love to see, you know, Triple C and DJ fight again. But, you know, even for me, uh, I have to, I have to oh, give some over to okay, the, yeah, yeah uh, sorry, yeah, uh, Henry Cejudo. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, I would just have to say that, um, yeah, DJ, I just think he's different than all those other guys. Like, he, he, he changed that division, and he's just, uh, I just think that the age may be a problem, you know? Right. Cool. So listen, um, we got an event coming up this week. Let's just pick um, the top five. Let's do a quick, like a bang round. I'm, I'm going to show you the picture. Um, okay. And we'll go from the main event all the way down to the, um, for the whole card. Hell yeah. All right. Steven Thompson against Jeff Neal. Mm. Uh, I got to go with uh, Thompson, you know, just I'm, to play it safe. But I'm going Jeff with Thompson. Neal, that's, a, that's a fighter. I'm going with Thompson. Aldo against Vera. I'm going to go with Vera. I'm going like to go with Vera. Vera. Pierre Pereira against uh, uh, Chaos Williams. Chaos Williams. I'm going to go with Pierre, Pierre Pereira. Me too. Marlon Moraes against Rob Font. Ooh. I don't know. I don't Ooh. know. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with Rob Font. I like my name. Marcin Tabora. I'm, sorry, I'm going to go um, uh, Moraes on that. Um, Marcin Tabora against Greg Hardy. Oh, man. I don't think I can go against Greg Hardy, man. He's been He's been killing it. But... I'm gonna go with Tybora. I'm cheering for Greg Hardy. I'm picking Tybora, but I, but 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 his as far as redemption song, I'm cheering for for Hardy. Anthony I, I Pettis too. against Alex Morano. I gotta go with Pettis, man. I mean, he he yeah. he he surprised me. Pettis surprises a lot of people, and I don't think it's gonna be a surprise when he wins. I will pick Pettis on this one too. <laughs> Ooh, look at the top of that. Sarah Eubanks against Panicking. Keon said, all right, we ain't going there. We got to move on. Yeah, we can't on. go that far. <laughs> we got, yeah, come on. We, right, come on. We already, we're supposed to be a 15-minute show. We're already on 50, and we didn't even do um the pick six. <laughs> My bad, Rob. <laughs> yeah, you good, man. You good. Dude, the games were just so good. The games were just so good, dude. All right, so this is our section of NFL pick six, and we're going to go over the, the results from last week. This is Torin Jeffries. Charon Jeffries finished 6-0. and Rob's finished 6-0. Both of you guys picked the Ravens going into Monday night. Me, I had to defer to try to catch up, but and I'm five, I finished 5-1, which considering the how I've been this season, I feel like 5-1's a win because these are the overall results. I am trailing 
you kept pace with the guest. You're one game behind the guest and only because you in turn picked everybody else. And you really had to, right? I mean, both of you guys are 6-0. and You you would have been behind if you took a chance. So you did the right thing, Rob. 6-0. and Yeah, I mean, and I got to take the chances for the other weeks. <laughs> yes. So this is our guest this week. Our guest this week is... Sorry. Whoops. Kristen Nuss. Kristen Nuss plays for a Division I program LSU Beach Volleyball team. They were ranked number one before COVID shut them down. They're ranked number one now. And she has decided to do our pick six. She's a Louisiana girl. She was um, state champion, uh, all-American candidate, all this, uh, best team of the year. Her record in 2019 was 33 wins and four losses for her pair one. She had a goofy foot as a partner, and now she's got a, a different partner now. Yeah, she lost to Gradina uh, and um, Bustamante in the semifinals in the Battle of the Goofy Foots. <laughs> the only difference is Bustamante's Goofy Foots going to the Olympics. That's Tina. You know, she's rep rep representing Latvia, so she got a bid. She got a, um, a qualifier wow. spot. So big up to Nuts for participating this weekend. Let's go over the games. We got game one, Rob. Let's take a look here. We got Bills at the Broncos. Uh, yeah, I'm going Broncos. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going Bills. Yeah, unless there was a spread, I would might even go Broncos because they man they surprised me last week. I gotta say, but I'm going. Listen, Bills. this is not a major uh, promotion yet, okay? But when we get up there, eventually, like the the higher ups and whoever whoever we partner up with, they're gonna have us drug tested to make sure, okay? <laughs> so I want to make sure you know that, Rob, before 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 this whole thing blows up. No, I'm going with the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. Look, I'm, I was right 10 out of 13 times. I like my chances again. And even though Denver's a hard place to play, Buffalo's no stranger to playing in hard places. Got to go with Buffalo. And Kristen Nuss is going with the Bills. Cool. All right, game two, Rob, of our pick six, the Chicago Bears visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Do you, do you want this one first? Oh, I go first. The question is, yeah, do yeah, I yeah. trust Trubisky? Hell no. Not against Minnesota. Not, and not when that coach has uh, uh, wrongs to right. I'm going Minnesota. You know, man, I was going to do the same thing until, I, until I'm thinking about Kirk Cousins, man. I just can't stand that guy, and he gets sacked too much. So I'm going to go with the Bears. You're going with the Bears. Cool. Kristen Nuss is going with the Vikings. That's Kristen Nuss going with the Vikings. Cool. All right, game three. What do we have here? We have the Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks visiting our Washington football team. Uh, I think the wheels uh, go back on the train this, this week, and uh, Seattle definitely turns it around. So I'm going to go Seattle. The wheels on the bus go round and round, and, and such is the same with the Seattle Seahawks. They know that they're in this deep division. They know the Rams are on their tail, and they know um, if they allow it to happen, Arizona can come back. And again, this is a, this is a division that can furnish three teams or only one. They got to be careful. So Seattle's going to win. I, I think push comes to shove. I'm always going to go with Wilson, Seattle. Um, Kristen Nuss is going with, let's see. She's going with the Seahawks too. Oops, sorry about that. Game four, I'm going to go first on this one. It is the Patriots, the New England Patriots visiting the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Woo! man. Listen, if you check the records every year for the, the, the Patriots against the Dolphins, past history, the second game, because they play each other twice, if you look at the record 
of the second time every season the Patriots play the Dolphins. You'd be amazed or maybe not. I go for Dolphins on something that we don't even consider an upset this year. I think that mm. defense gives um, Cam, um, Cam Newton fits. And I think there's a change in the guard as far as fresh fresh mobile quarterbacks with uh, Tua Tagliova. I'm going Dolphins. Agree. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Dolphins as well. They, you know, have been fantastic this year. I really love what they're doing on defense and Tua. And I just can't say enough about him. So, yep, I'm going with the uh, Dolphins here. Cool. And Kristen Nuss, she's going with – She's going with the fish. She's going with the fish. All right, game five. This is the one you go first. Let's go Eagles versus the Cardinals. Our Philadelphia Eagles versus our (laughs) Arizona Cardinals. Um, Wow, two Alabama quarterbacks. Right. Uh, Uh, I'll go Cardinals, man. I I like the Cardinals. Right, Cardinals, Eagles. Yeah, I like the Cardinals. Yeah, I'm going Eagles on this. I think I think yeah. Jalen Hurts has got an axe to grind. I think Tua Tagovailoa. If you remember, he was the reason that he transferred to Oklahoma. Right, he got hurt. Uh, Tua came in, and then I don't think and Hurts Hurts. I, I, I mean, he pretty much lost his job. So to market himself, he knew he had to go somewhere competitive, and he went to Oklahoma. And there's something about that coach and Oklahoma quarterbacks. If you look at Baker Mayfield, and you look at um, Kyler Murray. You even Johnny Menz, no Johnny Menz, I was Texas A&M, but Kyler Murray, Hurts, the guy that's a quarterback school. So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. go with the Eagles on this for my mild upset, and I believe our lady Kristen Nuss is also going with you with the cards. All right, cool. Uh, last one, I'm gonna go first on this. this. Is the last game of the pick six. We have the Kansas City Chiefs visiting the New Orleans Saints. As to the question of can anyone stop the Chiefs, um, I say right now nobody. And maybe in the Super Bowl or maybe in the late game, maybe um, as the facts change, so will my opinion. But for now, no one's beaten the Chiefs, and that includes the Saints, including the Saints at home. It's going to be a big, big match because you know the Saints are tough to be at home. You know um, even with the backup quarterback, they're still productive, and you know the defense is going to be ready for him. And you know they don't like losing. But, nah, I got to go with the Chiefs on this. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it quick and simple. Yeah, the Chiefs for me, that's that's the way to go. All right, Kristen Nuss, she's a prisoner of the moment. She's a Louisiana girl, so she's like, listen, got to go with my Saints. Oh, no, the best. I was going to say, too, is she going to pick the, the Saints? It's like, you, it's like, oh, my God, it's almost like you knew she was, right? So, <laughs> yep, she's going with the Saints. She's from New Orleans, I mean, from um, Louisiana. So, listen, nothing wrong with them, right? She's been right. She's been right 10 out of um, 13 times, too, right? (laughs) So, so where are we going? We are going with our next section, ladies and gentlemen. I think I have two questions, but let's put it up and let's see what goes. This is to shame or not to shame. 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 Rob McLean, to shame or not to shame. The co- the head coach from Auburn just got fired, but is expecting a $21.7 million payout. <laughs> shame or no shame? I mean, huge shame uh, on the <laughs> university because this is what, like the third coach that they've had come through and leave. And then 
you know, Gene Chizik went where and is super successful now. It's just like, I don't know what Auburn's doing, but this just shows the ineptitude of college football. Like you're paying coaches and you're going to buy them out for $21 million, yet you can't find a way to give your players any extra scholarship money. Like it's pretty crazy, man. Like, yeah, just shame on Auburn, shame on college football, shame on that whole system. Shame on capitalism, dude. I mean, capitalism has a problem with minimum wage, but they don't have a problem with maximum wage, all right? <laughs> Shame on them because, you. I mean, $21 million to coach football. Listen, I, did, I think coaches deserve to get paid, and I think their families need to be taken care of, but like you said, where the coaches get the cake and the players can't get a crumb, shame, shame. Honk my horn, baby. Shame. <laughs> Rob. To shame or not to shame, the Vikings on the final play of the half against the Patriots, um, no, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Buccaneers got called for pass interference on a Hail Mary on Gronkowski. Shame or no shame, Rob? Um, you know, no shame because when it comes down to Hail Mary, you should be doing whatever. I, I think it's a bit more shame on the refs because when it comes down to a Hail Mary, unless it's egregious, it absolutely should not be a pass interference call because there's a lot of, uh, you know, fighting and, and, and rustling for position that could be considered any of that could be considered, um, you know, pass interference. So, uh, I think it's just like basketball where it's like, once it comes down to the end of the game, uh, the skill has to, has to do out and, and the refs got to take a step back and, and just let the game kind of play out on its own. So a little bit of shame on that. Rob, I got to go shame, man. I got to go shame. Gronk doesn't even get those calls when he's actually running a route. <laughs> Gronk, Gronk is like this big guy. You hang on him and you yank his hand down, but because, because he's so strong, he never, you never, he never gets the PI call. But in this case, for the first time in 28 years, I believe, someone can message me for the first time in 28 years, Rob, someone gets called for pass interference on a hail mary, and it happened, of course, with our boy Tom Brady. Shame, Rob. Before we go to quick question. I really hate that if you're voting for prom queen and someone that doesn't deserve to be prom queen gets prom queen, we as human beings tend to get mad at the queen instead of the people that voted, <laughs> right? Like you're totally. boxing, a, a, right? MMA, you see a decision, this guy gets the nod and you're like, oh my God, I hate that dude. And I, I think my energy is so angry at like them babying Tom Brady that you sometimes I get mad at Brady and and and... I can't because Brady's my boyfriend. And two, I just wanted to point that out, a human nature thing that we, we as human beings need to get a, do a better job at, okay? Um, I agree. I all agree. right, Rob, this is our, our segment, our last segment. Quick question. Quick question. Rob McLean, quick question. The Cleveland Indians are going to change the name. They're going to keep the name for 2021, but want to change the name. Uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, big things up, you know, times are changing. Yeah, hey, I say thumbs up because um, I was torn, but when I saw what the possible new name was, uh, the Cleveland Tribe, I'm down with that. A thumbs up. Quick question, Rob. Should certain fouls be an automatic point in mixed martial arts, regardless if they're accidental or not? Um, yes. Ah, uh, it's hard to say. I, I would say yes, um, but very, very specific. You know, if you have to stop the fight, I feel like that should be a point because that's when you start uh, messing up the flow of the fight. Yeah, I, I think 
John Jones should have. Uh, John Jones is poked. I mean, probably have like eleven eye pokes and hasn't lost a point for a one. There's, 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 they're giving these guys more breaks than Lindsay Lohan in court. The judge is like, okay, it's the last one, last one. The one after this, I'm warning you. Um, sometimes they need to send a message, and this, this point this weekend resulted in the draw. You know, and I'm glad they took a point. Um, quick question, Rob. Oh, we already did this. Who wins between Figueroa and Demetrius Johnson? I said Mighty Mouse. You said. I said Mighty Mouse. You said Mighty Mouse. Quick question, Rob. Will the Washington football team win the NFC East? Uh, you know, I think they will. I do think they will. I really love, I think the best quarterback in that division is going to win that, win that division from this point right now. And I think that's Alex Smith. Um, quick question. The answer is yes. I think, I think they do. And I think they beat the Eagles to seal, to seal the Eagles fate. Um, quick question, Rob, will the Jets go 0 and 16? Uh, I think they're trying to go 0 and 16. So yes. <laughs> yeah. There's, they'll only be the third team. There's a lot of teams that never won a game, but like the 16-game season, they would only be the third team that finished 0-16. Um, I believe the Lions were one, and I believe more recently there was someone The else. Colts? No, Colts are... Um, no, um, they were 0-16 to get co- from with Curtis Painter. <laughs> no, but that was 0-11. They didn't finish. They didn't lose 16 games. I thought it was 16. Yes. Oh, who knows? I'll look into that. Actually, let's let's yeah. let's save that question for next week. We could do a little. little right. I could do a little self correction. Um, quick question: Will Kyrie Irving and Kevin um, Durant get along? I mean, they already getting along, but will they get along in the long term? I don't think so. I think that's a really short lived. Everybody's um, getting along until you lose. Everyone's getting along until you lose, and I don't think so. I think they are, like you said, are now. But it's very interesting to see how they do. Um, quick question: Did Paul George deserve a max contract? Five years, no. five years for two hundred and twenty-six million dollars. Goodness, man, that is that is an atrocity. I'm sorry. Quick question or not, Paul George should not be shouldn't have been a max contract in Indianapolis. He was still trying to get a max contract in Indianapolis before he broke his leg. Like, no, he's not a max contract player right now. Crazy. Nice. <laughs> no, I say so, no. I know, no, I'm with you. Emphatic. That's an emphatic hell no. That's a Vince McMahon. Yes. That's a Vince McMahon hell no. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. That concludes quick question. I have one little shout out to go before I, I whatever. I, um, my shout out is more of about a, a sports memory. And so for everybody listening, this is a volleyball thing. There was a kid when I was coaching Hunter High School, a kid went to Fort Hamilton High School and he lost his arm to cancer. And um he only had two wishes before he died. He didn't have long to go. And his wishes were to make it through, to play volleyball, to get cleared to play volleyball, and play an entire season with, with the people that he, you know, that he cut his teeth with. And two, to make it to his 18th birthday. So this kid, this is in 2013, right? He ended up, um, that's him in the middle. Watch the cover with the one arm. Cover, he's like self-covers with one arm. Um, his name is Akito. And he just brought tears to everybody's eyes because he just he just wanted to play. And this is a kid that only had like two months, two and a half months to live. But if you look at him and if you look at the videos, you would you would think he's the happiest guy in the world. You know, it was almost like a Lou Gehrig thing, like, don't cry for me. Um, I'm one of the luckiest guys 
on the face of the earth. So my, not really a shout out, but just a Facebook memory for people who are playing sports and people say you can't do nothing or you're too short to play this position. Oh, no, you're better suited that. If you want to do something, just work, work as hard as you can and then come back at people, you know, with results. But believe in yourself. Um, love each other. You, I mean, with this COVID thing and what, and the, you know, and we we just lost people close to us. Actually, five hours ago, right? Uh, which is why this this broadcast is going to come out Wednesday. We 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 both lost some people. And the two messages I got is: if you're in sports, challenge yourself. If you want to do something, just work as hard as you can, man. And and when you think you that you did enough, you got to do more. And and after that, more after that. And then after that, more after that. The second thing is: life is short. Life is short. Love each other. Call a friend. Tell him you miss him. Tell him you love him. Stay, stay good. Stay well. Rob. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off that, you know, uh, show everybody love, man. You know, like, I don't think you shouldn't have tough love, but don't show love. And then in the, in the next hand, you know, you know, when the person turns around, smack them on their back and say, you know, go do whatever you think is right. You know, show people how to love one another. And, you know, maybe your way of loving somebody is different, but you know, that action is never, is never different, you know? So keep showing people love, even if it's tough love to let them know you there for, for them. But if you don't have love for somebody, leave them the hell alone, man. <laughs> yeah. Alone. How about that? <laughs> oh yeah. You're right. Yeah, man, dude. So that's all I got, Rob. No movie of the week, but I do recommend Unbroken, which is a Laura Hildebrand book. And the movie, I, 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 that's my um, book of the week suggestion, which is last week as well. And my movie suggestion, Unbroken, World War II junk about a uh, true story mm -hmm. about Louis Zamperini, a track star who had a body that wouldn't quit. But much love for me. Rob, anything you want to say to these people, these cats? Much love, man. Stay healthy, stay happy. Well, Rob McLean's got love for you. And you know what? Once again, for the third week in a row, so do I. <laughs> so for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad at Starbucks, for all of you on your Droid, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school. For Rob, keep it McLean, McLean. This is episode 46 of Sports Debate Tuesday. I am Jason DeBiss, and we are out so long. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.